0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weird Tales podcast. My name is Taiko Alhambra. Thank you for listening. If this is your first episode, welcome. I'm happy to have you regardless of your race, sexual orientation, or gender identity. The Weird Tales podcast believes that trans rights are human rights, that abortion is health care, and that black lives matter, and we stand in solidarity with you all. Transcripts of the show, as well as links to institutions fighting for reproductive justice, can all be found in the show notes. Have you ever wanted me to read a specific story that is one of your favorites, but I haven't gotten around to doing it yet? Unrelated, did you know I take commissions? I don't talk about it much because my imposter syndrome batters me about the head and neck and then shows me in a locker when I do, but I do. If you have something you would like me to read specifically and specially just for you, send me an email at theweirdtalespodcast at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. If you've written a story you're really proud of and would like to have it read on the show, I'm always happy to consider it. Send me an email, and we'll talk about it. Have any other thoughts or opinions or critiques you would like to share? Send me an email, and we'll talk about it. Lastly, regardless of the status of your hearing ability, you may want to check out the transcript for this one. There's a long monologue by a really old, really drunk dude, and I have concerns about my performance of his voice and the coherence thereof. All right, enough chatter. On with the show. Three. It must have been some imp of the perverse, or some sardonic pull from dark hidden sources, which made me change my plans as I did. I had long before resolved to limit my observations to architecture alone, and I was even then hurrying toward the square in an effort to get quick transportation out of this festering city of death and decay. But the sight of old Zadok Allen set up new currents in my mind and made me slacken my pace uncertainly. I had been assured that the old man could do nothing but hint at wild, disjointed, and incredible legends, and I had been warned that the natives made it unsafe to be seen talking to him, yet the thought of this aged witness to the town's decay with memories going back to the early days of ships and factories was a lure that no amount of reason could make me resist. After all, the strangest and maddest of myths are often merely symbols or allegories based upon truth. An old Zadok must have seen everything which went on around Innsmouth for the last ninety years. "'Curiosity flared up beyond sense and caution, "'and in my youthful egotism I fancied I might be able to sift a nucleus of real history "'from the confused, extravagant outpouring I would probably extract with the aid of raw whiskey. "'I knew that I could not accost him then and there, for the firemen would surely notice and object.' Instead, I reflected, I would prepare by getting some bootleg liquor at a place where the grocery boy had told me it was plentiful. Then I would loaf near the fire station in apparent casualness and fall in with old Zadok after he had started on one of his frequent rambles. The youth said that he was very restless, seldom sitting around the station for more than an hour or two at a time. A quarter bottle of whiskey was easily, though not cheaply, obtained in the rear of a dingy variety store just off the square in Elliott Street, the dirty-looking fellow who waited on me had a touch of the staring insmith look, but was quite civil in his way, being perhaps used to the custom of such convivial strangers—truckmen, gold-buyers, and the like, as were occasionally in town. Re-entering the square, I saw that luck was with me, for, shuffling out of Payne Street around the corner of the Gilman House, I glimpsed nothing less than the tall, lean, tattered form of old Zadok Allen himself. In accordance with my plan, I attracted his attention by brandishing my newly purchased bottle, and soon realized that he had begun to shuffle wistfully after me as I turned into Wait Street, on my way to the most deserted region I could think of. I was steering my course by the map the grocery boy had prepared, and was aiming for the wholly abandoned stretch of southern waterfront which I had previously visited. The only people in sight there had been the fishermen on the distant breakwater, and by going a few squares south I could get beyond the range of these— finding a pair of seats on some abandoned wharf, and being free to question old Zadok unobserved for an indefinite time. Before I reached Main Street, I could hear a faint and wheezy Hey, miss, sir, behind me, and I presently allowed the old man to catch up and take copious pulls from the quart bottle. I began putting out feelers as we walked along to Water Street and turned southward amidst the omnipresent desolation and crazily tilted ruins, but found that the aged tongue did not loosen as quickly as I had expected. At length I saw a grass-grown opening toward the sea between crumbling brick walls with the weedy length of an earth and masonry wharf projecting beyond. Piles of moss-covered stones near the water promised tolerable seats, and the scene was sheltered from all possible view by a ruined warehouse on the north. Here, I thought, was the ideal place for a long secret colloquy, "'so I guided my companion down the lane "'and picked out spots to sit in among the mossy stones. "'The air of death and desertion was ghoulish, "'and the smell of fish almost insufferable, "'but I was resolved to let nothing deter me. "'About four hours remained for the conversation "'if I were to catch the eight o'clock coach for Arkham, "'and I began to doll out more liquor to the ancient tippler. "'meanwhile eating my own frugal lunch. "'In my donations I was careful not to overshoot the mark, for I did not wish Zadok's vinous garrulousness to pass into his stupor. After an hour, his furtive taciturnity showed signs of disappearing, but much to my disappointment he still sidetracked my questions about Innsmouth and its shadow-haunted past. He would babble of current topics, revealing a wide acquaintance with newspapers and a great tendency to philosophize in a sententious village fashion. Toward the end of the second hour I feared my quart of whiskey would not be enough to produce results— and was wondering whether I had better leave old Zadok and go back for more. Just then, however, chance made the opening which my questions had been unable to make, and the wheezing ancients' rambling took a turn that caused me to lean forward and listen alertly. My back was toward the fishy-smelling sea, but he was facing it, and something or other had caused his wandering gaze to light on the low, distant line of Devil Reef, then showing plainly and almost fascinatingly above the waves. The sight seemed to displease him, for he began a series of weak curses which ended in a confidential whisper and a knowing leer. He bent toward me, took hold of my coat lapel, and hissed out some hints that could not be mistaken. That's where it all begun, That cursed place of all wickedness where the deep water starts. Gay a hell. Sheer drop down to the bottom no sound in line can tick. Old Mobed done it. Him that Found out more was good for him in the South Sea Islands. Everybody was in a bad way Em days. Trade fallen off, mills losing business, even the new ones. And the best of our men, folks, killed a privateer in the War of 1812 or lost with the Eliza Brig and the Ranger Snow. Both of them Gilman Venters. Obed Marsh, he had three ships afloat. Brig in Columby, Brig Eddy, and Bark Sumatry Queen. He was the only one who's kept on with the east Indian Pacific trade, though Esther's Martin's Varkentine melee pride made a venture as late as 28. Ever was nobody like Cap Mobed, old Limous Satan. <laughs> I can mind him a-telling about firm parts and calling all the folks stupid for going to a Christian meeting and bearing their burdens meek and lowly. Says they ought to get better goods like some of the folks in the Engies. God says to bring them good fishing in return for their sacrifices and to really answer folks' prayers. Matt Elliot, his first mate, talked a lot, too, only he was aging folks doing any heathen things. Told about an island east of Oda where there was a lot of stone ruins older than anybody knew anything about. Kind of like them on Ponape in the Carolines, but with carvings and faces that looked like the big statues on Easter Island. There was a little volcanic island near that, too, where there was other ruins with different carvings. Ruins all wore away like they'd been under the sea with pictures of awful monsters all over them. Well, sir, Matt, <clears throat> he says the natives around there had all the fish they could catch and sported bracelets and armlets and head rigs made out of a queer kind of gold and covered with pictures of monsters just like the ones carved over the ruins on that little island sort of fish-like frogs, or frog-like fishes. It was drawn in all kinds of positions like they was human beings. Nobody could get out of them where they got all the stuff, and all of the other natives wondered how they managed to find fish in plenty, even when the very next silence had lean Pickens. Matt, he got to wondering too, and so did Cap Moby. Nobed, he noticed his side set, a lot of the handsome young folks would drop out of sight for good from year to year, and there weren't many old folks around. Also, he thinks some of the folks look darn queer, even for Kanakis. Took a Obed to get a truth about them, heathen. I don't know how he'd done it, but he'd begun by trading for the gold-like things they wore. Asked them where they came from and if they could get more, and finally, we're in the story out of the old chief. Wall of Lakia, they called him. Nobody but Obed had ever believed the old yeller devil, but the captain could read folks like they was books. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever believes me now when I tell them. I don't suppose you will, young fella. i come to look at you. You've kind of got them sharp reading eyes like Obed had. The old man's whisper grew fainter, and I found myself shuddering at the terrible and sincere portentousness of his intonation, even though I knew his tale could be nothing but drunken fantasy. Well, sir, Obed... He learned that there's things on this earth as most folks never heard about, and wouldn't believe if they did hear it. It seems these kanakis was sacrificing heaps of their young men and maidens to some kind of god things that lived under the sea and getting all kinds of favor in return. They about the things on the little islet with the queer ruins and it seems that them awful pictures of frog fish monsters was supposed to be pictures of these things? maybe that was the kind of critters as has got all the mermaid stories and such started they had all kinds of cities on the sea bottom and this island was heaved up from there seems there was some of the things alive in the stone buildings when the island come up sudden to the surface that's how the kanakis got when they was down there made sand talk seems they got over being scared and pieced up a bargain for long Them things lacked human sacrifices Adam ages before and lost track of the upper world arter of time. What they done to the victim, it ain't for me to say, and I guess Obed wasn't none too sharp about asking. But it was all right with the heathens because they'd been having a hard time and was desperate about everything. They gave a s- certain number of young folks to see things strict every year, May Eve and Halloween, regulars could be. Also give some of the carved knickknacks they made. One of the things agreed to give in return was plenty of fish. They drove em in from all over the sea, and a few gold like things now and then. Well, as it says, the natives met the things on the little volcanic island, going there in canoes with the sacrifices, etc., and bring back any of the gold like jewels as was coming to them. At first the things didn't never go into the main island, but out of the time they come to want to. Seems they hunkered arter mixing with the folks and having giant ceremonies on the big days, Maeve and Halloween. See, they was able to live both in and out of water, what they call amphibians, I guess. The Kanakis told him as how folks from the other islands might want to wipe them out if they got wind of their being there, but so they don't care much because they could wipe out the whole brood of humans if they was willing to bother. That is, any didn't have certain signs, such as what was used wonk by the Lost old ones, whoever he was. But not wanting to bother, he'd lay low when everybody visited the island. When it came to mating with them toe-looking fishes, the kanakis kind of balked, but finally they learnt something as put a new face on the matter. Seems that human folks have got a kind of relation to such water beasts, that everything alive come out of the water won't, and only needs a little change to go back again. Them things told the kanakis that if they mixed bloods, they'd be children as it looked human at first, but... They later turned more in like the things still. Finally, they take the water and giant the main lot of things down there. And this is the important part, young fella. Them as turned into fish things and went into the water wouldn't never die. Them things never died, except they was kilt violent. Well, sir, seems by the time Obed knowed them islanders, that was full of fish blood from them deep water things. When they got old and begun to show it, they was kept hidden until they felt like taking to the water and quitting the place. Some was more touched than others, and some never did change quite enough to take to the water, but mostly they turned out just the way them things said. Them as was born more like things changed hourly, but them as was nearly human sometimes stayed on the island until they was past 70, though they'd usually go down under for trial trips for that. Folks that took to the water generally came back a good deal to visit, so a man would often be talking to his own... Five times great-grandfather who left the dry land a couple hundred years or so for everyone caught out of the idea of dying except in canoe wars with the other islanders or his sacrifices to the sea gods down below or from snake bite, or plague or sharp galloping ailments or something before they could take to the water. But simply looking forward to a kind of change that wasn't a bit horrible out of a while. They thought what they got was well worth all they'd have to give up, and I guess Obed kind of come to think the same himself when he chewed over old Wallachia's story a bit. Wallachia, though, was one of the few who hadn't gotten none of the fish blood, being of a royal line that intermarried with royal lines on other islands. Wallachia, he showed Obed a lot of rats and incantations as had to do with sea things and, and let him see some of the folks in the villages had changed a lot from human shape. Somehow or other, though, he never would let him see one of the regular things from right out by the water. and the end, he'd give him a funny kind of thing thingamajig made out of lead or something that he said to bring up the fish things from any place in the water where there might be a nest of them. The idea was to drop it down with the right kind of prayers and such. And while the Kia allowed as the thing was scattered all over the world, so that anybody that looked about could find a nest and bring them up if they was wanted. Matt, he didn't like this business at all and wanted Obed Shud kept away from the island, but the captain was sharp for gain and found he could get them gold like things so cheap it'd pay him to make a specialty of 'em. Yeah. Things went on that way for years, and Obed got enough of that gold like stuff to make him start the refinery and wait all run down fullin mill. He didn't dash sell the pieces like there was for folks be all the time asking questions. All the same, his crews would get a piece and dispose of it now and then, even though they was to swore to keep quiet, and he let his women folks wear some of the pieces as was more human-like than most. Well, come about thirty-eight, when I was seven-year-old, Obed, he found the island people all wiped out, tween voyages. Seems the other islanders got wind of what was going on and took matters into their own hands. suppose they must have had out all them old magic signs as the sea thing says was the only things they was feared of. No telling what any of them Kanakis has a chance to get a hold of when the sea bottom throws up some island with ruins older than a deluge. Pious cusses these was. They didn't leave nothing standing on either the main island or the little volcanic island except what parts of the ruin was too big to knock down. In some places, there was little stones strewed about like charms with something on them like what you call a swastika nowadays. Probably them was the old one's sign. Folks all wiped out, no trace of no gold like things. None of the nearby Kanakis breathe a word about the matter. Wouldn't even admit there had ever been any people on that island. Yeah, that naturally hit Obed pretty hard, seeing as his normal trade was doing very poor. Hit the whole of Innsmouth, too, because in seafaring days that profited the master of a ship generally profited the crew proportionate. Most of the folks around the town, the hard times, kind of, Sheep-like and resigned, but I was in bad shape because the fishing was peating her out and the mills weren't doing none too well. Then the time Obed, he began a cursing at the folks for being dull sheep and praying to a Christian heaven that didn't help him none. He told him he knowed to folks as prayed to God to give something you really need and says, if a good bunch of men would stand by him, he could maybe get a hold to certain powers and bring plenty of fish and quite a bit of gold. Of course, them it served on the Sumatry Queen and seed the island knowed what he meant. And want none too anxious to get close to see things like they'd heard tell on, but them as didn't know what it was all about got kind of swayed by what Obed had to say and begun to ask him what he could do to set him on the way to the faith as it would bring him results. Here the old man faltered, mumbled, and lapsed into a moody and apprehensive silence, glancing nervously over his shoulder and then turning back to stare fascinatedly at the distant black reef. When I spoke to him, he did not answer so I knew I would have to let him finish the bottle. The insane yarn I was hearing interested me profoundly, for I fancied there was contained within it a sort of crude allegory based upon the strangeness of Innsmouth and elaborated by an imagination at once creative and full of scraps of exotic legend. Not for a moment did I believe that the tale had any really substantial foundation, but nonetheless the account held a hint of genuine terror "'if only because it brought in references to strange jewels "'clearly akin to the malign tiara I had seen at Newburyport. "'Perhaps the ornaments had, after all, come from some strange island, "'and possibly the wild stories were lies of the bygone Obed himself "'rather than of this antique toper. "'I handed Zadok the bottle, and he drained it to the last drop. "'It was curious how he could stand so much whiskey, "'for not even a trace of thickness had come into his high, wheezy voice.' He licked the nose of the bottle and slipped it into his pocket, then, beginning to nod and whisper softly to himself, I bent close enough to catch any articulate words he might utter, and thought I saw a sardonic smile behind the stained, bushy whiskers. Yes, he was really forming words, and I could grasp a fair proportion of them. Poor Matt. Matty always was agent and tried and tried to line up the folks on his side and had long talks with the preachers. No use. They run the Congregational Parson out of town and the Methodist fella quit. Never did see resolved Babcock, the Baptist parson again. Rather Jehovah was a mighty little critter. But I heard what I heard and seen what I seen. Dagon, Nastroth, Belial and Beelzebub, Golden Calf and the Idols of Canaan and the Philistines, Babylonish Abominations, Meany, Meany Techaloo Farson. He stopped again, and from the look in his watery blue eyes, I feared he was close to a stupor after all. But when I gently took his shoulder, he turned on me with astonishing alertness and snapped out some more obscure phrases. Don't believe me, hey? <laughs> just just tell me, young fellow, why Cap Mobed and twenty-odd other folks used to row out to Devil Reef in the dead of night and chant things so loud you could hear them all over town when the wind was right. Tell me that, hey? And tell me... Why, Obed was always dropping heavy things down in the deep water to other side of the reef, where the bottom shoots down like a cliff lower than you can sound. Tell me what he done with that funny shaped lead thingamajig as Wallachia gave him. Hey, boy, and what do they all howl on May Eve and again the next Halloween? And why the new church parsons, fellers as used to be sailors, wear them queer robes and cover themselves with them gold like things Obed brung? Eh? Yeah? The watery blue eyes were almost savage and maniacal now, and the dirty white beard bristled electrically. Old Zadok probably saw me shrink back, for he had begun to cackle evilly. <laughs> beginning to see, eh? Yeah? Maybe you'd like liked to bend me in them days when I see things at night and out to see you from the couple atop top of my house. Oh, I can tell you, little pictures have big ears, and I wasn't missing nothing. I always gossip about Captain Mobed and the folks out of the reef. <laughs> how, how about the night I took my paw's ship glass up to the cupola and seed the reef a bristling thick with shapes that drove our quick soon's the moon rays. Obed and the folks was in a dory, but them shapes dove off the far side into the deep water and never come up. Uh, how'd you like to be a little shaver alone up in a cupola watching shapes as want human shapes, eh? <laughs> The old man was getting hysterical, and I began to shiver with a nameless alarm. He laid a gnarled claw on my shoulder, and it seemed to me that its shaking was not altogether that of mirth. I suppose one night he seed something heavy heaved off an old bed's door beyond the reef, and then the next day young feller was missing from home, eh? Anybody ever see Hyder Hair Hiram Gilman again? Did they? And Nick Pierce, and Lou Ellie Waite, and Donna Ram Southwick, and Henry Garrison, eh? <laughs> Shapes talking sign language with their hands, them as had real hands. All well, sir, that was the first time Obed begun to get on his feet again. Folks see his three darters are wearing gold like things that nobody'd ever see on him before, and smoke started coming out of the refinery chimbley. Other well, folks were prospering, too. Fish begun to swarm into the harbor fit to kill, and heaven knows what size cargoes we begun to ship about to Newburyport, and Arkham, and Boston. Zen Obed got the old branch railroad put through. Some Kingsport fishermen heard about the catch and come up in sloops, but they was all lost. No one would ever see him again. And just then, our folks organized the esoteric order of Dagon and bought Masonic Hall off in Calvary Calmentary for it. <laughs> Matt Elliott was a mason, and again, the settling selling, but he dropped out of sight just then. Now remember, I ain't saying Obed was set on having things just like they was on that Kanaki Isle. I don't think he aimed at fuss to do no mixin' nor raise no youngins to take to the water and turn into fishes with eternal life. He wanted them gold things and was willing to pay heavy, and I guess the others was satisfied for a while. Comin' 46, the town done some looking and thinking for itself. Too many folks missing, too much wild preaching at meetin' of a Sunday, too much talk about that reef. I guess I'd done a bit by telling Sleckman Mowry from what I see from the cupola. There was a party one night as Follard Obed's crowd out in the reef and I heard shots betwixt the dories. Next day, Obed and thirty-two others was in jail with everybody wondering just what was afoot and just what charge them him again could be got to halt. God, if anybody'd look ahead a couple of weeks later when nothing had been thrown into the sea for that long. Zadok was showing signs of fright and exhaustion and I let him keep silence for a while, though glancing apprehensively at my watch. The tide had turned and was coming in now, and the sound of the waves seemed to arouse him. I was glad of that tide, for at high water the fishy smell might not be so bad. Again, I strained to catch his whispers. That awful night I, I seed them I was up in the cupola. Hordes of them, swarms of them all over the reef and swimming up the harbor into the Minuxet. God, what happened in the streets of Innsmouth that night? They rattled our door, but Paul wouldn't open. Then he'd climb out the kitchen window with his musket find Selectman Mowry and see what he could do. Mounds of the dead and the dying, shots and screams, shouting an old square and town square and new church green, jail, throat open, proclamation, treason, called it the plague when folks came in and found half our people missing. Nobody left but them as a giant in with Obed and them things, or else keep quiet. Never hear to my paw no more. The old man was panting and perspiring profusely. His grip on my shoulder tightened. Everything cleaned up in the morning, but there was traces. Obed he kinda take charge and says things gonna be changed, others will worship with us at meetin' time and sartin' houses has got to entertain guests. They wanted to mix like they'd done with the Kanakis, and for one, he didn't feel bound to stop them. Far gone was Obed, just like a crazy man on the subject. He says they brung us fish and treasure and should have what they hankered arter. Nothing was to be different on the outside, only we was to keep shy of strangers if we knowed what was good for us. We all had to take the oath of Dagon, and later on there was second and third oaths that some on us took. Them as it'd help special, would get special rewards, gold and such. They used Balkan for there was millions of them down there. They'd rather not start rising and wiping out mankind, but if they was to give away and force to, they could do a lot toward just that. We didn't have them old charms cut them off like folks in the South Sea did, and them Kanakis would never give away their secrets. You up enough sacrifices and savage knickknacks and harbors in the town when they wanted it, and they let well enough alone. Wouldn't bother no strangers in my bare tails outside. That is, well, they got prying. All in the band of the faithful, order a Dagon, and children should never die, but go back to the mother Hydra and father Dagon, what we all came from, wonked. Ya, ya, Cthulhu Photogon. Fin Gluey, Mwiggle, Nafa, Cthulhu, Relay, wagonago Photogon. Old Zadok was fast lapsing into stark raving, and I held my breath. Poor old soul. To what pitiful depths of hallucination had his liquor, plus his hatred of the decay, alienage, and disease around him brought that fertile imaginative brain. He began to moan now, and tears were coursing down his channeled cheeks into the depths of his beard. God, what I seen since I was fifteen years old. Meany, meany, Teckaloo arson. Folks as was missing, and them as killed themselves, them as told things in Arkham or Ipswich or such places was all called crazy, like you're calling me right now, but... God, what I seen. It'd have killed me long ago, for what I know. Only I took the first and second oath Dagon offered off an Obed, so I was protected unless a jury of them proved I was told things known and deliberate, but I wouldn't take the third oath. I'd have died rather than take that. got worse around Civil War time when children born since 46 began to grow up. Some of them, that is. I was afeard. Never did no prying arter of that awful night. And never seen one of them close to in all my life. That is, never no full-blooded one. I went to the war and if I'd had any guts or sense, I'd never come back, but settled away from here. But folks wrote me things weren't so bad, and I suppose it was because government men was in town out of 63. Out of the men, it was just as bad again. Out of the war, it was just as bad again. People began to fall off, mills and shops shut down, shipping stored and the harbor choked up, Railroad give up, but they, they never stopped swimming in and out of the river. from That cursed reef of Satan and, and more, and more attic winders got aborted up, and more and more noise was heard in houses that weren't supposed to have nobody in them. Folks outside have their stories about us. I you've heard plenty of them seeing what questions you asked. Stories about things they've seen now and then, and about that queer jewelry. that still comes up from somewheres so ain't quite right. i melted up but nothing never gets definite nobody will believe nothing they call them gold lack things pirate loot and while the of the folks has fur and blood or distempered or something besides them they live here shoe off as many strangers as they can and encourage the rest not to get very cursed especially around night time beasts bulk at the critters hosses, and mules but when they got autos they was alright Forty-six, Captain Obed took a second wife that nobody in the town never see. Some says he didn't want to, but was made to by them as he called in. Had three children by her. Two's disappeared young, but one gal's looked like anybody else and was educated in Europe. And Obed finally got her married off by a trick to an Arkham feller who didn't suspect nothing. But nobody outside will have nothing to do with Innsmouth folks now. Barnabas Marsh uh, Runs a refiner now as Obed's grandson by his first wife, son of Onesiphorus, his eldest son. But his mother was another of them and won't never seed outdoors. Right now, Barnabas is about changed. Can't shed his eyes no more and all's out of shape. They say he still wears clothes, but he'll take to the water soon. Maybe he's tried it already. They do sometimes go down for little spells before they go for good. Ain't been seed about in public for nine, ten year. Don't know how his poor wife can feel. She'd come from Ipswich, and they nigh lynched Barnabas when he courted her fifty-odd year ago. No bed, he died in 78, and all the next generation's gone now. First wife's children dead, and the rest... God knows. The sound of the incoming tide was now very insistent, and little by little it seemed to change the old man's mood from maudlin tearfulness to watchful fear. He would pause now and then to renew those nervous glances over his shoulder or out toward the reef, and despite the wild absurdity of his tale, I could not help beginning to share his vague apprehensiveness. Zadok now grew shriller and seemed to be trying to whip up his courage with louder speech. "'Hey, you, why don't you say something? How'd you like to be living in a town like this with everything a rotten and a-dying and boarded up, monsters crawling and bleating and barking and hopping around black cellars and attics every way you turn, eh?' How'd you like to hear the howling night after night from the churches in order Dagon Hall and know what's doing part of the howling? How'd you like to hear what comes from that awful reef every May Eve and Howl, Mass, eh? Think hey, the old man's crazy, eh? Well, sir, let me tell you, that ain't the worst. Zadok was really screaming now, and the mad frenzy of his voice disturbed me more than I care to own. Curse ye, don't you sit there staring at me with them eyes. I tell Obed Marsh he's in hell, and he's got to stay there. <laughs> in hell, I says. Can't get me. I ain't done nothing, nor told nobody nothing. <laughs> uh, you, young fella, uh, even if I ain't told nobody nothing yet, I'm a going to now. You just sit still and listen to me, boy. This is what I ain't never told nobody. I says I didn't do no prying out of that night, but I found things out just the same. You want to know where the real horror is? Hey, well, it's this. Ain't what them fish devils has done, but what they're going to do. They're bringing things up about a wire they come from into the town. Been doing it for years. Slacking it up lately. Them houses north of the river, twixt water and main streets, is full of them. And devils and what they brung. And when they get ready, I say, when they get ready. You ever hear tell of a Shoggoth? <laughs> hey, did you hear me? I tell you, I know what them things be. I seen them one night when, hi ha, ah, hi The hideous suddenness and inhuman frightfulness of the old man's shriek almost made me faint. His eyes, looking past me toward the malodorous sea, were positively starting from his head, while his face was a mask of fear worthy of Greek tragedy. His bony claw dug monstrously into my shoulder, and he made no motion as I turned my head to look at whatever he had glimpsed. There was nothing that I could see. Only the incoming tide, with perhaps one set of ripples— More local than the long flung line of breakers. But now Zadok was shaking me, and I turned back to watch the melting of that fear frozen face into a chaos of twitching eyelids and mumbling gums. Presently his voice came back, albeit as a trembling whisper Get out of here! Get out of here! They seen us! Get up out for your life! Don't wait for nothing! They know now! Run for it! Quick! Out of this town! Another heavy wave dashed against the loosening masonry of the bygone wharf and changed the mad ancient's whisper to another inhuman and blood curdling scream. Yeah! Yeah! Before I could recover my scattered wits, he relaxed his clutch on my shoulder and dashed wildly inland toward the street, reeling northward around the ruined warehouse wall. I glanced back at the sea, but there was nothing there, and when I reached Water Street and looked along it toward the north, there was no remaining trace of Zadok Allen. And that is the end of part three. Thank you so much for listening. Basic end of show stuff here. Feel free to leave me a rating and review on the feed reader of your choice. Pick up a copy of the Colin Trap Museum of Curious Oddities and Strange Antiquities. If you don't want to give money to Amazon, I totally get it. And if you send me an email, you can buy the digital copy direct from me. I get more money, Beesbo gets no money, and you get a really, really damn good book. Please come help support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash theweirdtalespodcast. Billy Davis, JR, and Michaela, thank you so much for your support. Please go and get vaccinated for anything and everything you are available to get. If you see a racist out and about and doing a racism, dump some maple syrup on him. And always remember that the most important step a person can take is always the next one. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.